welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. You know, so there's a lot of really cool things that are happening in this world. And one of the things we like to try to do is to meet people who we think are doing it right. Not just doing it right like the proud mouth way, because we might not be right for everybody, but are doing it right for themselves. And so Meg is our guest today. You know, she runs an RIA. We're going to kind of dive into a lot of that stuff. Uh, and... Um, we got introduced by a fellow podcasting friend of ours who his name is Chip and we'll put links maybe in the show notes, but he's a really super cool guy. Uh, and I had put out uh, into the world that I was looking for exceptional podcast guests and Chip was like, man, you need to interview Meg. And so I was like, okay, great. We had a meeting and we started talking about how she's marketing and I think it's unique. All right. So Meg, first off, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Now, in the green room before we started recording, right, I'm sitting here like, oh, my God, you know, you're killing it. You're super successful. I love what you're doing. And, and what was your response? Would you mind if we kind of start there? I, I don't mind at all. Yes, I felt compelled to warn you, especially because of all the sort of pre-podcasting preparation you gave to me about like how to have your energy up, you know, stand up and like breathing exercises and all of that so that your energy is good. I felt compelled to warn you that I have just been having this crisis of confidence for the last several months. So you are hopefully catching me near the, the nadir of my crisis of confidence um, in myself as a financial planner and business, business owner. Um, yeah, so that's sort of, that is the context for where I am speaking from today. Well, and what a good position. So, so everybody who listens to the show knows that, that we don't have like schmucks on the show, right? I mean, we have like legit people who are doing good work, who have a really focused niche, who, who are doing things in a marketing perspective that is allowing them to really focus and hone in on their ideal target market, which Meg, I think you do a really great job at. Is, is this a cyclical crisis of confidence or did, do you mind if I, did something happen or are you second guessing yourself? Uh, well, where is this coming from? Yeah, I, this is perhaps not as bad as the crisis of confidence eight months after launching my firm where I describe it as, well, it wasn't officially diagnosed as a nervous breakdown, but I kind of feel like it was. Uh, just like um, a week in which I canceled all meetings and just cried the whole time. Uh, so it's not as bad as that, but it is the worst I've had since then. Um, and it is a convergence of factors. Uh, I think someone helped me understand maybe why it's happening to me now, which is what got me here isn't what's going to get me there, right? So we were a team of four. We just became a team of four in February who hired Yerim, who's our new associate planner, we hired her so that Maddie, our old associate planner, could elevate to lead planner. So now we have two lead planners, me and Maddie. That's a huge change in an RIA, right? Now, how we do this work as financial advisors can't just be within my head. 
anymore. And even though we'd already put so much work in the last year into structure and documentation, having another lead planner just highlighted all the remaining holes in all of that structure. Um, and also, um, so I'm involved in training the new associate planner and also, you know, training of Maddie. She's a lead planner, but she's sort of a new lead planner. I'm a more experienced one. So I am working more and getting paid less. Like, ask me all your business questions because I'm an effing genius. Um, so, I mean, I can laugh at it because it is ridiculous, but I mean, it's a hard spot to be in. Like my income will be meaningfully lower this year than it was last year. At the same time, I'm working more and just enduring more stress. Well, it, it's this ebb and flow, right? And you felt this, you know, when you started your own RIA, when you brought on your team members, right? These are these ebbs and flows that are, uh, are, are maddening because we only see what's right in front of us where other people see the, the, the bigger picture and say, okay, you know, Maggie, it, it's, it's going to be all right. And you know that, right? You deep down somewhere, but that sure doesn't help a whole bunch uh, with where you are right now. Now, how are you? So you're working even more, you're training two different people, right? How are you keeping up uh, with your strong social media presence and and how are you how do you manage that? I, I mean, um, and it just give everybody just a kind of a little bit of a history on on what you're doing and the level of activity that you maintain. Yeah, I've had not a few people ask me before, like, Meg, how do you blog so much and participate so much on social media? And you know. I don't have any statistics about where I rank in the world of financial advisors on social media. Um, I will say it is a stress relief for me. I really enjoy oh. writing blogs, for example. Um, I just tweeted out earlier this week, like writing blogs about personal finance is so relaxing because it doesn't involve other humans. Like actually doing personal financial <laughs> yeah. planning with people is stressful because humans actually have to do something and behave in a certain way, but you can, you can write stuff per like, this is the perfect solution. Ta-da, put it out there in the world and you're done. You don't have to actually interact with humans. Um, so blog writing is a stress, stress relief for me. Social media um, in general, and sort of a, if I can just get thoughts and stresses out of my head and just into the universe, it's stress relief for me. Um, and also I find when I have questions that I'm wrestling with, and I think this is because I've been so active and have given so much in those forums that I get a lot back. I get sure plenty of extremely irritating, like entirely overly confident response, blah, blah, blah. but also a lot of really like, thoughtful sort of conversation encouraging and forwarding um responses uh so yeah it, it's probably not very helpful for other people because i just find this to be um an, an easy sort of stress lowering out uh, outlet for me 
But but Meg, I I think that but I think you just hit on something that's genius and brilliant, and I don't think a lot of people really consider that they need to find that outlet for themselves. What about your profession? Do you just find is relieving? And for some, it is meeting with clients. For other people, it's working on the investment portfolios. For some people, it's podcasting, video shooting, blogging, whatever. But you have to find that because if you don't, you're gonna freaking explode, right? That's not very healthy. Now you not only do a, a you know have a a, a pervasive uh, social media presence that's the totally the wrong word but I think that people know what I mean um, you're there omnipresent ever present sort of thing right <laughs> but the other thing is is you have a very specific niche and focus um, how did that come about I mean is this because these are the peeps you hang out with or how did you figure out and let's talk about what that niche is please yeah okay so I'll start with what the niche is. Uh, Flow, the name of my financial planning firm, Flow's niche is women in their early to mid-career in the tech industry with a specialty in pre-IPO and IPO planning, which in the current market environment is a really useless specialty to have because um, no one's going public for the foreseeable future, but it'll come back eventually. Um, and that is the, the current sort of point in the evolution I started out when I, so when I started my firm six years ago, my niche was working mothers in the tech industry. So I did start out with a fairly well-defined niche. Uh, and the reason I started out with a niche is not because I had any clue about marketing or how to run a business, but I had joined XY Planning Network so that they could help me launch my firm. And they had a, a pretty short list of recommendations that they really try to shove down your throat. And one of them, which is still something they try to shove down your throat even more forcefully now that they have so much data behind it, is pick a niche, specialize. Um, and so the reason I started with that particular niche is was just, I think, what they call affinity marketing. I was, I was a working mother and I had come from the tech industry. Um, so I started with that. And then like six months in, I realized I'm attracting women in tech, but not that intersection uh, of working mothers with women in tech. So I sort of broadened the niche for a little bit, women in tech, and had some really lucky timing because I was just around the same time when literally the hashtag women in tech was just starting to explode, right? So that was just, that was lucky timing on my part. Um, and then over the years got a little more narrow with, you know, we don't do like hardcore retirement planning. That is a big complicated subject matter that I do not want to offer until I feel as if I've been trained sufficiently. We're going to do early to mid-career sort of the, the accumulation phases. Um, and then over the course of 2019 and 20, we had a lot of experience ushering clients through IPOs um, of, of big tech companies. And so we perforce developed this specialization in pre-IPO and IPO planning, which is now sort of we sort of include it in our niche definition. Now, now that you have another fellow senior planner uh, and another, are you expanding that? Is is she also going to have a sub niche underflow, or what are you guys thinking there? We are not planning on changing our niche at all. At least for the last several years, there has been no no lack of qualified prospects in that niche. Um, so, I mean, the, one of the major reasons we elevated Maddie to lead is so we could serve 
more women in their early to mid career in tech. Uh, so there's there's no need to change the niche. We're, we are going to have our sort of our particular subject matter expertise so that if she's got a particularly hairy like ISO situation, she can call me in or if she, I've got a particularly hairy like employee benefit situation, I can call her in that sort of thing. Uh, so let's talk about how you use Twitter, because we don't really have a lot of people on the show who talk about how they've used Twitter to not only get their thought leadership out in the marketplace, but really place it right in front of their ideal client and prospect. So how are you doing that? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to answer a different question first, or or or, or at least say, say something, which is I don't think I get clients from Twitter. Twitter is where I go for my own professional community. There's there's clearly some some level of interaction with either clients or women in tech on that platform, but it's by far the financial planning profession. Um, secondly, I will say I have never. We've never gotten a client who, when we ask them, where did you hear of us? How'd you find us? No one has ever mentioned a social media platform. Like literally, I think never. Um, now that's not to say that exposure to me on these social media platforms wasn't part of their journey, but you know, those answers are usually like, oh, a blog post or I Googled you or something. Um, if I were more metrics, oriented, which I will probably have to be at some point in the future because what gets measured gets improved or whatever that pithy saying is. Um, but for really the last six years, I've been putting out sort of what I want to put out. I put out the blogs I want to put out. I put out on social media platforms what I want to put out. And we get enough of the clients we want. So I'm not pulling back that curtain. I'm like, I have not felt compelled to figure out what's working because something in that mess is working gotcha. well enough. So, so let's talk about the, how do you do the blog? So how do you blog? Is there a specific platform? How are you distributing the blog? Let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, so technically I have a WordPress website. And so the blog is on the website. So it's via WordPress. Um, Literally, I draft them in Google Docs and ask my client services associate to actually put them into WordPress. Um, oh, I want to take the opportunity to brag on my husband, actually, because I have photos for each of my blogs. And we call them Block Woman features into that. It's a pink painted piece of what are you nodding because you know where I'm going with this? Uh, no, but I, 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 I've seen them. So keep going. OK, yes. Well, evidently black women or those photos got notice. My husband's the one who takes those photos, those photos. And so at the recent Jolt conference put on by Snappy Kraken, basically my husband got one of their awards for good marketing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's the only one to ever get an award for flow. I actually haven't yet. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's, that's a fun part. And I, th I do think it actually makes the blog stand out because those are bespoke photos and really interesting. Um, I, at this point in the blog journey, because I've been blogging regularly for six years, I write blogs about things that I've been thinking about. I don't adhere to a schedule. It's probably on average twice a month, maybe goes down to once a month sometimes. Uh, but just conversations that 
are coming up frequently with clients or things I'm observing and what clients are doing, or especially around sort of all the economic turmoil right now with the markets and inflation, newsletters that we send out to clients, I will repurpose as, hey, we thought our clients would find this useful, so we think you'd find it useful also, so sort of repurpose it into a blog. Uh, but I just, I find the work interesting enough that I don't really ever run out of things that I want to write about, things that I want to explore, ideas that I've been chewing on that I really want to put some structure and specificity around. Writing is a great way to help me organize my own thoughts. Uh, and, and then also it turns out I can turn that into a blog, which has good marketing mojo. So do you have like a, a running list? Uh, how, how do you do like the pre-writing component of this? Sure. Sure. Uh, yes, I do have just a Google Docs doc uh, where I will put down ideas that I think of. And sometimes I will go there to look at ideas I've had in the past. And sometimes I just pick the idea that is most pressing for me inside my own head. Um, and I find sometimes they, the, the blog posts come out sort of fully formed. Like I've thought it through enough in my head that I know what I want to say and how I want to organize it. And sometimes I absolutely don't. And I just have this inchoate mess of related thoughts. Um, and then I actually find Michael Kitsis has blogged about this himself a few times, his three by three format, which, uh, yes, I'm going to do my best to remember it, which is, you know, you've got the topic that you want to talk about, write down these three main points. Now, beneath each main point, write down three subpoints, and be below each subpoint, write down three supporting sentences. You kind of have a blog at this point, right? You can continue to write more if you'd like, but that is actually enough length to be a reasonable blog just there. Uh, so when I find that I need some external structure to help shape my own thoughts, I find that format to be really You know, ha having uh, any sort of organization uh, pre-organization for preparation. My partner and I just did a podcast recently on mind mapping, uh, and that's actually how he fleshes out all of his ideas for our our podcast that I do I do with him. Now, now you brought up uh, the the you know the company name Flow. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the branding uh, that you've done because one of the other reasons why uh, Chip wanted me to uh, interview you was because he was very fascinated with how you're presenting the firm. So uh, where did that come from and, and how did all of that integrate and maybe kind of coalesce? Well, even though we are a team of four now, we were a team of one for two years and then a team of two for another two years. Uh, so the brand is very much just Meg. You know, how Meg thinks personal finance should be done and the vibe she wants to give off. Uh, and part of that is in reaction to other parts of the industry and other firms that I worked at, and I didn't want to feel like that more than anything else. Um, and then also just noticing which clients I really enjoyed working with the most. They, they, they come to the relationship with certain personalities or attitudes or concerns, emotions. And I wanted to 
speak in a way that would appeal to that person in particular. Um, and it wasn't about their technical stuff. It was people who, you know, a lot of clients come feeling ashamed of their finances, right? They think either they've done the wrong thing or they've ignored it because they felt afraid or something like that. And these clients, once you start giving them a structure and start reassuring them, like, hey, you know, either you're actually doing really well, even if you didn't know it, or hey, you're doing all right now, but I don't really care about you know, what's past. I just care about what's coming. Just great, appreciative, involved. They will execute. Um, so yeah, so just more elaboration on what messaging attracts those kinds of people. And I think when we did a sort of our pre-podcast call several weeks ago, you would notice this one banner on my website that says something like how we flow. And then it has sort of our four firm, like externally facing firm values. And it's things like progress, not perfection. We meet you where you are, ask good questions. These are all things that I think put clients at ease and you need clients to be at ease if this relationship is gonna work and makes for truly good financial planning. Like asking good questions is essential to good financial planning because that's the only way you can figure out the why. But the, but you got it out of your brain, Megan. That that was so. Th this is why I just think you're so fascinating, right? And and it is because things happen in your head, uh, and they come out of your head, and then they become these things that people really like to consume. And also, it represents you so well. Uh, did you have? Did you bring in a branding consultant? How did you communicate that with a web designer? I mean, how did that happen? Yes. Okay. So. I can pat myself on the back and say, like, I'm a good writer. Um, that happened in college, the the dreaded required writing course in the first year of college, I actually loved. It turned me from a writer who could follow the introductory paragraph, conclusion paragraph format into someone who could write fluidly and write only what mattered. Um, so I, I am a good writer. I also I was a technical writer for the first 12 years of my career. So that helped me structure things and write things for writing a technical manual is a lot like writing a financial planning blog post like no one wants to be reading this they are only reading this because they've got this problem they want to solve um, so that helped me become a good writer um also like if you go back to my blog post the first 10 20 blog posts they're boring as hell like they're not good um but with practice and with positive reinforcement, you just get to be more of yourself. You feel better being more of yourself. And like, I know I'm saying, not saying anything new, but once you actually let your personality come through, that's better for everyone, whether or not you're a good writer. It's always going to make you a better writer than you were before, uh, regardless of where you're, you started with that. Um, okay, so that's that's one thing. Second thing is, before I started my firm, I did work with, and I still work with um, a website design and branding firm to, well, I hired her to create my website. As it turns out, she also has branding chops. So even though I wrote the copy, because I was like, I was pretty good at you know, writing at that point, she would come back and say, basically, oh, good Lord, you are using 
you know, 10 times the number of words you should be using, or no, that term, that does, that's not marketing messaging. Like that's a term of art. Um, so working with her was great at the beginning. So that really gave me my first forceful introduction to how do you write for marketing purposes, for, for persuasion purposes. Um, so I layered that onto what, what one might say was like a, a solid technical foundation in writing. Um, yeah, and then it's just been really interesting to me ever since then. And so like, one of the things I do for stress relief when, when I'm feeling like crap about myself in my business is I consume marketing content, right? Cause like, oh, I'm good at marketing. So I'm gonna listen to this thing that's gonna make me feel good about something I'm already doing. Uh, and so along the way, I just, you know, you sort of pick up more and more, you know, tips and tricks, but also just general philosophies about here's how you write. Like, it's not magic. This is not multivariable calculus we're doing here. Like top three rules, right? Know who you're writing to. How do they talk and talk in that way? No, or, you know, I'm sure like that it doesn't surprise you. I, I, I try hard to prepare for these. Um, and so we can use kind of, yeah, yeah. No, no, but, but I feel like I'm missing a question. So what, what should I have asked you that I didn't? What's on my mind now is, do you plan to change how you're doing your marketing? And that goes back to this whole crisis of confidence. What got you here won't get you there. Sort of thing I'm going through right now uh, because I do think the marketing, I mean, demonstrably the marketing I have done thus far has been sufficient. It has gotten me enough of the right clients to grow my firm to this point. But now that we have two lead planners and the plan, the vision is to sort of grow in perpetuity. I really want to be able to offer a career path for people in a true financial planning firm. Um, this same marketing won't work, I don't think, but nor do I know. Like I just sort of stumbled, I just sort of stumbled into this, like this is what I do naturally with a few tweaks from what I pick up. Oh, hey, look, it works. Uh, but it wasn't some like reasoned scientific process in which I experimented with four different things and went blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, so the question is, you know, where do you go from here in your marketing? Unfortunately, the answer is, I kind of don't know. I kind of don't know where I go from here in a lot of aspects in my business. Um, but I, I don't know if it needs to get more formal. I probably need to pay more attention to metrics at some point or hire some sort of consultant in some way so I can just offload the thinking about it. Like I want to... I want to continue to write in, into the distant future. Like that brings me such joy. Um, but outside of writing, I don't, I don't know what else, like, should I be writing differently or more frequently or publishing it differently? Ah, uh, well, I, I love and, and so thank you for that. Uh, and, and thank, thank you for your transparency and vulnerability on the show. I, I really appreciate that, you know, because it's real and it's what, 
a lot of our listeners are thinking, right? You just really put that in, you know, what got me here isn't necessarily going to get me there. But since this is something that brings you such so much joy, um, you know, really figuring out where you go from there. Now, you brought up Michael Kitz's, right? And, and I think that um, if anybody rewound the clock 10 years, nobody probably would have thought that this blogger, right, uh, would have created this juggernaut, uh, humongous, not only social media presence, but being one of the most sought after speakers and the number one podcast hands down in financial services, right? Um, and so uh, it works, it works for you. It's something he loved to do much like what you love to do. Um, and now that you've opened yourself to the receptivity of somebody in your, you know, your universe, maybe being able to provide you with guidance, I really hope that somebody uh, allows you to see the beacon uh, that you can follow from here. But Meg, here's the, the thing. <laughs> Very few of us really know what the hell we're doing every day anyway, right? So uh, the fact that you're this organized already, uh, I think is pretty freaking cool. All right. If somebody wants to reach out, follow, read your blogs or anything, uh, what's the best way for them to, to connect with you? Yeah. So I would say Twitter is a good way. So my handle is Meg Bartelt, M-E-G-B-A-R-T-E-L-T. Uh, I'm very active there as we discussed. Um, my blog, if you want to take a peek, is flowfp.com slash blog. Um, and I also run almost every Friday and, and ask me anything office hours kind of thing, which you can sign up for on my website. I think it's under the contact page. And this is for any financial planner, current or aspiring, who thinks I might have something to offer. And we'll make sure, if you them. don't mind, we're going to put all those links in, in the show notes. So, so Meg, first off, yes, please. thank you. Uh, secondly, I, I, you're doing great stuff. Um, is it is it going to get you to being a cabillion dollar producer? I don't know. Uh, but what, what I do know is that uh, it works for you. It's something that you love to do and you're damn good at it. And and those three things don't usually all come together. Uh, and it's cool that they have it in your life and in your sphere. And, and congratulations on your growth. Uh, you know, it's really, really neat. I know it's very scary, uh, you know, to, to bring on another person uh, and continue to want to bring on more people because I know from, you know, uh, we only have so much time and we only have so much money as business owners. So, uh, you know, that that's super cool. And it's also really wonderful that you're servicing uh, a, a, a niche that nobody was talking to at all. Like, uh, how are you not yeah. doing that? Yeah, it's, that is crazy cool. to me. But you know. all right. Um, thank you very much for being on the show. Listen, everybody, if, if you so number one, um, find something about being a financial services professional that you love and figure out how you can use that love to expand your practice. That's what great marketing is, right? If you love telling stories, start a podcast. If you love writing stories, write a blog. If you love 140, and I know it's more than that now, characters, you know, tweet your heart out. LinkedIn, your heart out, Facebook, your heart out, go speak at local churches, libraries, whatever, just find something that feeds your soul because you're going to find that that's where things really start to change because it doesn't feel like marketing is work. It feels like marketing is a release that allows you to be your best you. And, and Meg, that's the last thing that I wanted to kind of, you know, summarize here today. One of the things that you did, you know, six years ago was you allowed yourself to be yourself and you embraced that. And part of 
of what we've always found is um, when you are unapologetically yourself, you have no competition. There is no other Meg that's out there. There is no other Flow FP out there, right? So please, everybody, figure out what that is, who you are, and who you want to be, and try to be that person to the nth degree. All right, everybody, if you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button. If you haven't given us a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the show, please do. That would be fantastic. And uh, if you haven't joined the Pod Rocket Academy, I have no idea what you're waiting for. It is free. If you want to start your own podcast, you know, just join. It's Take the Podcasting 101. I cover everything you can ever need to know to start your own financial services or expertise podcast. So for Mag Flo and all of us here at Proudmouth, this is Matt Haller, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the PodRocket Academy. Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you were meant to be.